Amen. <clears throat> All right. So we are in part seven of our short series, United We Stand. I uh, was anticipating this to get done sooner, um, but there's just a lot to cover, and uh, it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And so we are probably going to do one or two more weeks of this, most likely do a segue week. We'll do chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians this week, probably 14 next week, and then 13 as we transition into the uh, the summer series called Big Words, dealing with major concepts of the faith, major concepts of Christianity, just kind of big word, one big word at a time. Uh, like love, for example, is a big word in Christianity. All right. United We Stand, Part 7. Quick recap. We are working through 1 Corinthians. We took a detour into Romans. Uh, now we're back into 1 Corinthians. Here's the deal. Division among believers is sin. So that's the quick recap. We're supposed to stand together. It's very, very important. We are to be united for Christ. That transcends theology to a certain extent. I mean, you still have to believe in Jesus, right? But there's a lot of other stuff. There's a lot of disputable matters like, do you eat fish on Friday during Lent or not? Well, be convinced in your own mind and have at it with conviction. That's what you should do. So we talked about all those sorts of things. The unity we have isn't going to be based on perfect theological agreement. It's not going to be based on style. It's not going to be based on uh, strategy of ministry or these sorts of things. It should be based on the love of God in our hearts shared between others. That transcends all those other things. Is it okay to have a church uh, service that's geared towards young people? Sure. Is it okay to have a church service that's geared towards older people? Sure. Who would have thought he'd say that? It's okay to reach out in a variety of ways. That's perfectly fine. I'll quiz you again. We've got some new people. Again, if you're new, fill this out. We'll come have coffee with you or something wonderful will happen. Um, can, but if you're new, this is a trick question, so be careful. Let the, let the people who've been here before answer it. Because I like when people talk out loud during church. This is kind of a conversation, you know, we want to go back and forth. Sometimes I get in trouble with that. Uh, I'll call on somebody I shouldn't call on, and Trinette will say, why did you ask that person? You know, and be like, I'm sorry. But uh, I like to take a risk every now and again. Can the worldly culture... Destroy the church. No. The worldly culture is not our problem. The gates of hell will not prevail against the gathering of Christ. We can only implode from the inside. We can only be destroyed through division. The culture can't get us. Not even the gates of hell will prevail. We will win if we stay united under Christ. You've read the if you've read the whole book, you know we win. It's tough though, right? There's battles, there's difficulties getting there, but we win. Let's stay connected with the Lord. Oh, every knee will bow. Theirs will, yours will. So let some stuff go. If it's not worth bringing up to God on judgment day, let it go. 
Sometimes when people come to me with various gripes, I say, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes and picture in front of you some sand and gravel on a hot day and a wooden post in the ground with stuff dripping down, some sweat, some blood, and then look up and you see the feet of Jesus nailed and look the rest of the way up and you see Him dying for the sins of the world and then tell your gripe to Him. What does it sound like? If it's worth telling Him, Lord, we need to do something about the orphanages in Jamaica. Then, then have at it. I don't like what my wife <laughs> wanted me to wear. <laughs> That's, you see, it's an easy way to evaluate. Should you, should you follow this line or should you let it go? It's helpful. Be fully convinced in your own mind. You know, we're going to have a variety of opinions about a variety of things. Study it out. Pray it out. Be fully convinced in your own mind and go. If you want to eat fish on Friday during Lent, great. Do so unto the Lord. Amen? Come on. Don't mess up what God is doing in someone else's life by unnecessarily fixing them. But then what can we do? We've got nothing left to do. Aren't we supposed to, I mean, aren't we supposed to fix everybody else? Not, I mean, not to their face. You know, but, right. Bear with the failings of the weak to build them up, to strengthen them, rather than enjoying the moment of putting them down. All right. Last week, expel the immoral brother. 1 Corinthians 5. So we're all these weeks of, oh, let's just hug each other. And then you get 1 Corinthians 5, throw them out! And then you're thinking, okay, what is the deal here? You got unity, 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 throw them out! Unity, 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 unity. That's that's 1 Corinthians. It's kind of a strange progression. So we talked about that last week and that our God loves us, His grace is available for us, but He is no pushover. He is no enabler. And if we want to use Him to continue to sin, He sees through it and He comes down on it. We should have quite a diversity of understanding. Quite a diversity of how do we serve God most effectively. But we should not have a diversity on whether or not we should serve God. Whether or not we should fight against sin. Whether or not we should advance the kingdom. How do you do that is the question. We'll squabble about that. But we shouldn't be about trying to resist God and follow sin and use theology to make ourselves able to do so. Excuse doctrines are no good. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 5. You don't get to play games with grace and continue to sin. Every knee will bow. All right. Whew.
we get to start. We're doing pretty good. You guys, how you guys feeling? Feeling good? All right, that's good. What's the temperature in here? You guys comfortable? Are you getting cold? Little cold? We got 50-50. Some are happy, some are cold. How's that? Is that just right? I used to drive a bread truck. If half the if half the people were mad at me for not leaving enough bread and half the people were mad at me for leaving too much bread, then I figured I was doing real good. Um, it's very much like pastoring. If people are mad at you for different reasons, then you're probably walking the line just right. All right. So... We have uh, covered a lot of stuff in 1 Corinthians. We got up through chapter 5, uh, and then we also covered some stuff later on when we did communions. We've done two communion Sundays now, and so we've done stuff in, in later in the chapter. So we're going to jump forward to chapter 12. Chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, and this is dealing with spiritual gifts, the spiritual stuff of following God. Has spiritual stuff created division in the church? <laughs> this is the, the Assemblies of God has been around for 99 years. It'll be 100 years next year. And the predominant population of the Assemblies of God 100 years ago was people who were thrown out of mainline churches. They were thrown, you can't be doing that stuff here. And boop, they threw them out. And so they're like, well, we might as well make our own group. And so they did. Spiritual gifts have created division for a long time, going back all the way to 1 Corinthians. That's a long ways back. So this is something to understand, something to get a hold of, something to really grasp. Because we want to be able to encourage and grow but not freak people out. Amen? Amen? Next week, I already have a sermon title for next week. Most sermons don't even have a title. It's just like number four, you know? But next week, we're going to talk about unpresentable parts. Second, or First Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the body, the hand, the feet, the eyes, the ears, presentable parts and unpresentable parts. And I always thought... Well, that's a really bizarre place to go, Paul. What are you, what are you doing here? Um, but you know, there's, there's some, some parts are less presentable than others. And we'll talk about that next week. So, that'll be basically chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. So, this spiritual gift thing, there's, it's like there's a line, this line like, Have you ever felt like there are people who just don't get the experience of God enough? Have you ever felt that? Like, man, these people need to get on fire for Christ. Lazy, you know, just dead, sitting there, staring forward. Ugh. Present company excluded, of course. Um, And then haven't you felt, wow, those people are wackos. Right? Did you know, I've spoken to people who think we are just the most boring, most spiritless, just dead place. And I've talked to people who are freaked out. Because we are just like, man, you people are crazy. 
Isn't that, isn't that something? Hey, we're, we got people mad at us both ways we must be doing right, huh? <laughs> but there's this kind of line, and, and so we'll kind of deal with that, uh, as we go through the next couple of weeks. Let's begin 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 1. 1 through 3 says this in the NIV. Now about spiritual gifts, by the way, the word gifts is not in there. That was added. Did you know that? It literally reads, now about the spiritual. Other places it says gifts. So it's not like it's a added crazy thing that shouldn't be in there. But it shouldn't be in this verse. It should just say, now about the spiritual. Or about spiritual things, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a distinction between idols and God that is given many, many times in the Scriptures, and it comes up here. What does God do and what do idols do based on this scripture? We're going to kind of read into it a little bit. I mean, it says it blatantly. It's not the primary meaning. But what do idols do or what don't they do? Idols are mute. They do not speak. That's what idols, they're just pieces of wood, pieces of stone. They do not speak. They're just... Non-living things. We do not interact with them. But he says here, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God, our God speaks. And He speaks through people. Idols are mute. God speaks. That's enough to freak some people out right there. Let's keep reading. Verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. So, there are differences, but the same Spirit. Capital S. Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, it's the same God. There are different things going on with different people, but it's the same Spirit. Now let's talk about different. There's chapter 12 different, and there's chapter 5 different. You know what I'm saying? There's expel the immoral brother different. That's not what this is talking about. And then there's chapter 12 different, which is... We'll read, a, we'll read a little bit more here. We're going to read about some things that are different. You ever describe something as different? Any of you guys different? Are you different? <laughs> I'm, I'm different. One of the things I realized as a, as a brand new Christian was I did not fit in anywhere. I didn't, I mean, I grew up Essentially an atheist. I thought I was an agnostic, but I was an atheist. When I became a Christian, I realized I was an atheist. Just a non-theist, you know, not an anti-theist. I think a lot of people who call themselves atheists are actually anti-theists, which is a little bit different word, but that's just me saying that. Um, 
You know, how can you be mad at God if you don't believe in God? You know what I'm saying? A lot of atheists are mad at God. Well, that's inconsistent. You can't be mad at something that doesn't exist. Uh, so those are anti-theists. They, they're mad at God. All right. Oh yeah, I was different. <laughs> it's not in the notes, so it's, so definitely I did not fit in anymore in the culture I grew up in. I knew I had a whole different perspective than my family and all my friends, and I just was different. But I tried to go to church one time, and I didn't fit in there either. You know? There was, there's some very friendly old ladies there. And they, they, they smiled, and, and it was, it was fine, but I just didn't belong there. You know what I mean? I was different. I think that's one of the real difficult things about rallying the troops right now for Christ is that we're different. So many people don't even want to be called Christians anymore because of the negative connotations of that. In fact, when I was a new Christian, I didn't want to be a Christian. Now I think, let's redefine the term. Let's not find a different term. Let's let's change people's perception of it. Let's not come up with a new term. Let's just rock Christianity and make it good. But I thought, you know, I'm, I'm not who I was, but I'm not really that group, so I'm just a normal person who believes in Jesus. That's what I thought. I'm a normal person who trusts Jesus. I, th- I think I'm, well, I'm different. <laughs> All right. So let's keep reading. We're going to read a few more verses. Let's see if you notice anything different in the next few verses. Here we go. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Let me just take a little parenthetical note here. The manifestation of the Spirit. Manifestation means the Spirit shows itself. Remember how the Spirit of God speaks through someone. Jesus is Lord. When you have that in your heart, that's not coming from an idol. That's coming from God. That conviction, that strength, that spoken word. The manifestation of the Spirit. That is when the Holy Spirit touches a person and then it shows itself. That can happen in a variety of ways, but it is always for the common good. It is always to help other people. That's why there are some unpresentable parts that we'll talk about next week. Because some things are for you. Builds you up. But it can hurt people next to you. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. These are some examples. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. And to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. Keep going. To another, miraculous powers. What if we had a miracle meeting? I know know a pastor who did that one time. He put in the paper, Miracle service! Come get your miracle! And he put a big thing in and they're just like, we're gonna believe God for miracles. So we're gonna, we're gonna jump off the cliff on this one and we're just gonna, just gonna do it. And he said it was somewhat positive, but there was a lot of difficulties involved with it. And he didn't do it again. Uh, 
But you know what? We're to believe for miracles. This is a manifestation of the Spirit, a person who has miraculous powers. To another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits. Now again, don't get confused between a critical spirit. If you just don't like people, that's not that. This is being able to tell what's going on in the spirit world by just kind of observing it and seeing it. So, is this the Holy Spirit? Is this a particular type of evil spirit? That sort of thing. Distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. Do you notice anything different in there? We've got some different stuff. You know, we got speaking in tongues, we got prophetic words, we got miraculous powers. I mean, you know, we've, anybody ever filled out a spiritual gift survey? You know, it's usually helps, you know, or teaching. Very rarely does it come out miraculous powers. You know, I mean, it's very rarely. Uh, well, that would really help spread the word. You know, I mean, Jesus used that a lot. He got most of his following through miracles, through incredible, amazing things that happened. People always talk about the great sermon that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. He could have preached that the day before. It would have done nothing. Everybody was ready because they saw an amazing miracle. And they're like, what in the world is going on here? All you have to do is say, it's Jesus, follow him. They're like, okay! It was the miracle that brought the nation of Israel to their knees. Not eloquent speech. Think we're doing good on time. So here's what I get out of these verses that we just read. You know, sometimes church doesn't quite happen the way it should. Sometimes church doesn't quite happen the way it should. Church isn't about being exposed to a, a shame-based, under-applied theology. It's about coming together to a place where the Spirit speaks and God moves. That's what I see here in chapter 12. It's not about an underapplied shaming. How many, how many people have ever felt just shamed? You know, my father-in-law is here. Happy uh, Father's Day, father-in-law. It's good to, woo! It's good to have mentors in the faith. Amen? Amen. And as an early Christian, I had lots of questions and I would ask him questions. And one of the things he told me way back when was how to tell the difference between the Holy Spirit's conviction and the condemnation of the enemy. You know, Satan will try to get you just to be feel condemned. This general sense of, I'm a lousy, worthless bunch of gunk. But there's this conviction thing too. And they can be pretty similar. So how do you tell the difference? So what he told me was, Satan's attack of condemnation will be very vague and general and there'll be nothing you can do about it. 
I'm just a rotten piece of garbage. However, the Holy Spirit's conviction will be specific and there will be something you can do about it. The Holy Spirit will convict so that you will change. Not so that you will carry shame, but so that you can overcome this problem. So that you can get past and get into a place of victory. That's why the Holy Spirit will convict you on something. Don't watch that. So then you don't. And you get victory. Of course, if you do watch it, then you get that sense of conviction and shame and it comes on, but that's your fault. That's not God. But Satan will do it in a broad, general way and there's no escape. There's no way. It's just, I'm a rotten piece of garbage and there's nothing you can do. So, if there's no specific action point, just tell Satan to leave. All right. So we're not going to read this whole chapter, but I'm going to summarize the next chunk of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul starts coming in and talking about the physical body. He talks about you know, the eye and the ear and the hand and the foot and how the physical body has lots of different parts and the spiritual body, the body of Christ, has lots of different parts. And he says two really important things about what we should be able to say or a concept we should be able to think, something that's appropriate. The first thing that he says is, you can't say, because I'm not an I, I do not belong to the body. So what Paul is saying is, you may notice that you're different. And you wish you were a preacher. And you wish you were a worship leader. And you wish you were this or that, or a missionary, or an evangelist, or you wish you had miraculous powers, or the ability to heal. You wish you had that, but you don't. You cannot say, I do not belong to the body. You still belong. The neat thing about that is, It says, even if you say I don't belong, you still do. If my left hand said, I am no part of Mike. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like you. You know, I'm out of here. You know, talk to the hand, whatever that works. Um, it's still part of my body. It's still, it still is. It's got a bad attitude. It's not going to cooperate if it had its own brain or something, but it's, which, imagine the body of Christ. Every little cell has its own mind. Wanting to go its own direction. Oh! Just because you think you don't belong doesn't mean you aren't part of the body. Just because you see yourself as different doesn't mean you aren't part of the body. You are. Little to offer. Who am I? It's neat when a word comes out that's in the notes. Just because you think who I am doesn't really matter, that doesn't mean that who you are doesn't really matter. Don't believe that lie. I, I need this finger. Right? I cut my finger. I have a band-aid on it. But it's doing okay. 
but I can feel it. This little finger is injured, and I can tell. You probably couldn't, right? Was anybody out there thinking, oh, I hope his finger's okay. He's got the band-aid on there. But you know what? This, this body cares about this finger. And that's how it's supposed to be with the body of Christ as well. I'm different. I don't belong is a lie. I really had to fight that. It's still tough. You know, when you, you, you know how churches are like friendly to each other? When you aren't part of that and you walk in, and you look different. You don't know when you're supposed to stand. You don't know when you're supposed to sit. The singing songs, you're not quite sure why. You don't know any of the words. It's, you just don't feel like you're part of the thing. Because you're different. And, uh, you know, join the assemblies of God and there's families that have, they're like fifth generation missionaries or whatever. I got no pedigree. I'm just some guy with a couple of philosophy degrees. That fit in real well. I had to battle thinking, I'm different, I don't belong. I'm different, I do belong. You're different, (laughs) and you do belong. The other thing that it says in this thing about the body is, you can't say, I don't need you. The hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. The eye can't say to the ear, I don't need you. can't say that because we need each other it's very important all these different things are different for a reason if you only had one like if if you just took my body weight in right ears and put a pile of them here that would not not be very effective would it no that would that'd be really weird it's like I guess the word now is epic. You're supposed to say epic before things. So that would be like epic Van Gogh, you know, like this big pile of ears. You can't say I don't need you because you're different. Because you're not like me, I don't need you. You can't say that. I do need you because you're different. What would I wear if I didn't have my wife? I have to ask her, does this make sense? Is this going to work? She says, no, try again. (laughs) We're different, so I do need her. We need one another. Paul works really hard to try to get God's people to come together. Why does he do that? I think when we talk about these sorts of things like prophecy and tongues and miraculous powers and healing, it can create kind of a a tunnel vision where we get really super specific. Here's exactly how it's supposed to work in this little box. I think that's very dangerous. So what we're going to do now is we're going to put the car in reverse and we're going to just back up and get a broad view. Why does Paul spend so much time trying to get the people who are trying to serve God to come together. Why does he work so hard at it? 
Well, the human body has a function and a purpose. For example, you can plant a garden. You can climb a mountain. You can cut and stack firewood. Uh, you know, you can, you can work a job. You can catch and throw a ball. The human body, when functioning properly, can do all kinds of wonderful things. The human body, when not functioning properly, can't do those things. An unhealthy person cannot climb a mountain. The body of Christ is the same way. There is a function and a purpose to the body, but when it's unhealthy, it cannot do it. What is that function and purpose, you ask? Isn't that a tough definition to expect me to come up with? Don't you think? I'm going to do my best. So I'm going to back out and try to see it from a distance. Here's the definition I came up with. This is the purpose of the body of Christ. To establish, enjoy, and advance the kingdom of God both internally and externally. To establish, enjoy, and advance the kingdom of God, both internally and externally. There's kingdom work to be done here. I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord. There's kingdom work to be done here. And there's kingdom work to be done there. What is God's kingdom like? I Oh man. You know, Jesus prayed, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The whole point is to get the kingdom of God to come here on earth like it is in heaven. What is it like? It's a big group. There's no lying, there's no betraying, there's no stealing, there's no hating. There's sharing and caring and forgiving and cooperation. In God's kingdom, God is known and loved. It's a place where God speaks and is obeyed. It's a place where the Holy Spirit is present and active and all kinds of different people doing all kinds of different things work together to push back the darkness until the final victory is won by the Lord. That's what the kingdom of God is like. That's what we are about. I got a picture I want to show you. of an orphanage in Jamaica. There's my guys. Hey! This is where we will be going in January uh, with our missions trip, and Michael Grant is going to come here and and talk about it. Um, But let's understand this kingdom of God thing in a much more practical way. Division has happened. And money has fallen off from these two orphanages in Jamaica. Their income went down $6,000 a month. And they're now behind on utility payments, all kinds of things. They're way behind. And so, there used to be supply, and then the body of Christ fractured. There was a broken relationship, and the missionary went home. Michael's trying to get him back. But his funding went home with him. So they're $6,000 a month behind. 
because of a broken relationship. And I'm sure there's a whole lot to it. So rather than going, well, I can't believe. We don't know what's going on. I don't know. But something didn't work right. And who's paying the price? Orphans in Jamaica. Advancing the kingdom of God means when somebody has no father, that God's people come in and help. And so that was happening. And now not so much. If something doesn't change, the orphanages will go away. And the kids will get sent to the state, and the state does not take very good care of you in Jamaica. Do you know how much money it would take? I figured this out. If everyone in the city limits of Cloquet gave to these two orphanages, if everyone in the city of Cloquet who is not in church today, how much it would take to pay for the entire budget of both orphanages? How much would it take? Just in the city limits of Cloquet, how much money would it take per person to meet the need at these two orphanages? 67 cents a month. We lose more change than it would take to fully equip these two orphanages. I can't say I don't need you. I don't need you to be me. But we need each other to reach out and advance the kingdom of God. This, I don't know about you, but I get stirred up about this. I'm holding myself back. <laughs> I don't know how you guys are feeling. But this, this makes me want to get on a plane and go to Jamaica and take a video of it and spread it all over the world and get people to give money. That's what it makes me want to do. May just do that. Not this morning. We're going to take an offering for these orphanages on the 7th of July. Invite somebody and tell them to bring 67 cents. I believe the kingdom of God is worth uniting over. I believe pushing back the darkness is worth pushing aside our differences. We're going to close. Let me ask you this question. Are you different? We talked about different 1 Corinthians chapter 5, which means you're covered in sin. If you're different for that reason, our God has an answer. And that's the blood of Christ. The kingdom of God is the place where sins are forgiven. Where what we've done wrong is taken away. And we're set free. We hear that a lot. Are you different like chapter 12? There's something about you that's just different. That maybe some people don't like. But it's how God made you. I tell you, we need you. We can't say we don't. And if that makes you think I'm not part of the body, you still are. 
If you're different, I just want to tell you, you belong and we need you. In order for the kingdom of God to advance, all the little pieces of the body need to say yes to Jesus. Yes, I will serve you. Yes, I will do what you ask. Yes, I will put up with the feet and the hands and the ears and the eyes. Yes, I will do my part. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads. Father, I just give you praise. I thank you, Lord, for allowing each one of us to have a place in your body. Let us not take that for granted. Let us not feel that that's any less than what it is. Oh Lord, I pray if there's anyone in this place who who needs to be connected with You, who needs to know what does it mean to enter this kingdom, what does it mean to be Your child, what does it mean to be able to call You Father. If there's anyone in this place, Lord, I pray right now that just in their heart, they would cry out to You. If that's You, ask the Lord for forgiveness. Ask the Lord to make you His child. And He will right now. And Lord, I also pray for each one who is different, but is serving God. And just is different. Just doesn't feel like they fit in. Doesn't feel like there's a place. There is. There is. Understand, you are needed. You are valuable. Because you're different. So Father, I pray a blessing over each one that's in this place. I pray your peace and kindness over us. Lord, let your Spirit fill us and overflow within us that we can walk out of this place and share who you are with other people. That your kingdom would overflow. So bless us and encourage us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you need personal prayer, I'm going to invite the prayer team up.